This is the Regular Pastor Podcast, your favorite podcast devoted to regular pastors and regular churches. My name is Landon Coleman. I serve as a regular pastor at Emanuel Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. You have somehow made your way into Season 4 of the Regular Pastor Podcast. I'm glad you're here. In Season 4, we're talking about books and ideas and how books and ideas impact the day-to-day ministry, the day-to-day grind of a regular pastor. Today, I want to talk to you about a book called Strange Rights by Tara Isabella Burton. This book is published in 2020 by Public Affairs out of New York. It's 301 pages long, but if you take out the end notes and the appendix, it's really 247 pages. There is an introduction, nine chapters in the middle, and a conclusion at the end. Uh, Tara Isabella Burton was not familiar to me before I read this book, so here's a little bit of information about her from the dust jacket of the book. Tara Isabella Burton is a contributing editor at The American Interest, a columnist at Religion News Service and the former staff religion reporter at Vox.com. She has written on religion and secularism for National Geographic, The Washington Post, The New York Times, and others. She has a doctorate in theology from Oxford, and she is the author of the novel Social Creature. Online, uh, she is working, uh, there's information online that says she's working about a book on self-creation titled Self-Made, Curating Our Image from Da Vinci to the Kardashians, set to come out in 2023. The book is called Strange Rites, R-I-T-E-S, as in Strange Rituals. Um, The book starts with a sociological definition of religion. Burton says that religion serves four purposes. Religion provides people with meaning, number one, purpose, number two, community, number three, and ritual, number four. Four purposes, four sociological functions of religion, meaning, purpose, community, and ritual. Then she takes that matrix and applies it to what she calls the remix religions of the West. These remix religions say that they are non-theistic, atheistic. They do not believe in God. They are secular. They are not religious or religions at all. However, Burton argues that all of these remix religions of the West provide their adherents with, you guessed it, meaning, purpose, community, and ritual. Meaning, although they don't talk a lot about God, they function in a sociological sense very much like or exactly like religions. So what is a remixed religion? Let's talk about some of the important ideas in this book. Remixed religions. These are people who say they're spiritual but not religious. These are the the faithful nuns. They don't identify with any particular faith tradition. These are people who uh, are what you would call religious hybrids. They they cross boundaries between religions or denominations or faith systems. There's a lot of overlap in these categories. Some of these people identify with a faith tradition, others do not at all, very strongly do not. But all of them are manifestations of syncretism, meaning they are remixing pieces of various worldviews into new, personal, bespoke, customized, unique worldviews 
in spiritualities. These are people who are pulling from this and that to come up with their own individualized worldview. On page 25, Burton says, We all live in a remixed nation. This idea that you can customize your worldview as you see fit is so common, it is simply part of the cultural cultural air that we breathe in the United States and in the West. So remixed religions, they're everywhere. These remixed religions have one thing in common, and this is another important idea in the book. All of these remixed religions are absolutely obsessed with the self. Burton gives lots of examples of remixed religion. She talks about Harry Potter fandom. She talks about wellness culture. She talks about New Age thought, magic, Wicca, sexual utopia uh, through the LGBTQ movement, transhumanism as a form of seeking eternal life, far-right, alt-right, atavism, all sorts of stuff. All of these remixed religions focus on the self as the most important part of human reality, of reality in the universe is a complete and total focus on the self. Makes you think of Carl Truman's book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. Burton pulls from another book that I'm going to talk about later in season four. This is a book called Pagans and Christians in the City by Stephen Smith. She appeals to that book to argue that basically all of these remixed religions, they're focused on self, they're all manifestations of paganism. That is, They all locate ultimate reality in this world rather than in a transcendent God who exists outside and above this world. If ultimate reality is rooted in this world, and you and I ourselves are rooted in this world, that's most fundamentally a pagan orientation, a pagan worldview. One of the other things that Burton talks about in this book that I found fascinating is the idea that these remixed religions are possible because of the Internet. So previously, in the past, it was harder for people to piece together worldviews on an individualistic basis. There were more social barriers set up for accessing minority worldviews, learning about divergent worldviews, thinking about non-mainstream worldviews. But now we have this thing called the Internet, and the Internet connects people all over the world to other people who are just like them. Whereas in the past, you may be the only unique person in your small community. Now the Internet can connect you with lots of other, air quotes, unique people who are just like you all over the world. And so the end result is an increase in tribalism and a reducing of the size of our tribes. So we're narrowing our tribes down smaller and smaller and smaller so that they're made up of people who are just like us, think like us, feel like us, view the world like us. And the end game result of all this is that we are more tribal than ever. My favorite quote comes from the conclusion, page 242. Burton says this, quote, we do not live in a godless world. Rather, we live in a profoundly anti-institutional one where the proliferation of Internet creative culture and consumer capitalism have rendered us all simultaneously parishioner, high priest, and deity. America is not secular, but simply spiritually self-focused. End quote. I think that's us as Americans detailed 
fortuity. I think that fits with the analysis you see in Carl Truman's book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. We are not secular people. We are pagan people. We are spiritually self-focused in finding ultimate reality in this world, specifically in ourselves. I think Christians have some important ministry takeaway here. I think Christians ought to understand the remixed religions of the West. You can call it syncretism. You can call it cafeteria-style spirituality, where you take this and leave that. Uh, You can call it whatever you want. You can call it remixed religions. But the self and our obsession with the self is what drives religion in America. That is true for remixed worldviews, remixed religions and spiritualities. It's also unfortunately true for evangelical Christianity. Our churches have unknowingly, without even realizing it, bought into this focus and obsession on the self and celebrity and consumerism, and it drives the dominant engine of evangelical Christian life in the United States. I think this book, Strange Rights, contains some absolutely brilliant and accurate and insightful analysis about where we're headed culturally and and theologically and religiously. I think Burton uh, has her finger on the pulse of the spirituality of the remixed faiths that exist today. Unfortunately, I critique the book because it contains no suggestion or prescription for where we ought to be culturally and theologically and religiously and spiritually. She understands where we're at, but at the end of the book, her final conclusion is this, quote, only time will tell which one will win, end quote, meaning which worldview, which way of looking at life will win. Essentially, Burton ends the book by saying, well, here's where we are, and we'll see what happens as we move forward. Obviously, as a Christian and as Christian people, we need something better than that. We need not only analysis of where we're at in the present, but of where we ought to be and how we can get there. On Goodreads, the rating for this book is 4.05. I would give it a 4, so I pretty much agree with that. I think her analysis, uh, her sociological um, study of religion in the United States is fantastic. I don't have a lot of critique or rebuke there uh, when she talks about our self-obsessed spiritualities. I do think... The weakness of the book is a lack of prescription of where we ought to be and how we can get there. Who should read this book? I think any thinking people who want to understand the world that we live in and want to understand the big ideas that shape the worldview that is dominant in our culture ought to read this book. I personally learned a lot from reading this book. There was a lot of stuff in here I'd never heard of, I'd never come across. She talked about fandom and Harry Potter fandom. She talked about fan culture. All that was new to me. Uh, She talked about immersive experiential theater. I never come across anything like that. Uh, Some of the stuff she talked about with regards to transhumanism, I had very faintly heard of and, and read about. There's a fascinating chapter on transhumanism. All of these things helpful for seeing the world that we live in. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Regular Pastor Podcast. Subscribe for weekly episodes. Leave us an A-plus rating wherever you're listening. 
Follow online at regularpastor.com. You can find me on Goodreads and follow along with what I'm reading by searching for Landon Coleman. If you have a book recommendation you'd like me to review, let me know. Landon at EmmanuelOdessa.com. Until next week, this is The Regular Pastor. Out. Out.